the message that God put in my heart for you this weekend is whispers in the wild. Turn to someone next to you and go, whispers in the wild. Some of you guys aren't whispering. <laughs> Little tone deaf. Whispers in the wild. No. Check your, check your hearing aid there. Whisper. God does not shout. He does not scream. He's not harsh. He whispers. We're living in wild times right now, and we've got to be in tune with the voice of God. We've got to be in tune with what God's speaking. So many voices are screaming for our attention. So much noise in our society. Who do we listen to? Who's telling the truth, right? Who's telling the truth? 90% of the news stations globally are owned by a few families who have their own agenda, have their own opinions, have their own perspective. So even in reporting the truth, there's a little bit of a slant with the truth they want you to hear and the truth maybe they don't want you to hear. And then you've got social media, which is owned by a few guys who aren't super excited about Christianity and Bible-believing Christians talking about it on social media. So you've got censorship. So then you're wondering, who can I listen to? Who's really telling the truth? And then you've got YouTube, who might even be censoring this sermon right now. And then you're wondering who's really the one that I should be listening to. Should I listen to this politician or that politician, this new station, that new station? Should I listen to this social media account or that social media account? And in the midst of all the noise is a whisper, a whisper. God speaks. I heard a story about this Native American who was a leader of his tribe here in the United States, and he was invited to a large gathering of massive leaders around the world who came to New York City for a big meeting with all these leaders. And he was, he was going there to speak to them on behalf of all Native Americans in, in the United States. And, and they were out on the streets in Times Square, and there was horns honking, there was people screaming, there was protests going on, it was loud. And he turned to the diplomats around him and he said, did you hear that? And they said, hear what? He said, listen, listen. And they said, what is it? He said, I hear a cricket, a grasshopper. And they said, how can you hear a grasshopper? There's horns honking, people screaming, protests going on. It's so loud. And he goes, shh. And he walked across the street 20 feet over and he picked up a cup and inside that cup was a grasshopper. And the men around him, they said, how in the world did you hear a grasshopper in the midst of all this noise? He said, it's easy. People hear what they want to hear. People listen to what they're inclined to hear. And he said, watch. He pulled out of his pocket a big uh, amount of change and he dropped it on the street and every head across Times Square turned to look at the money. He said, we're in New York City. People listen for money. Money is what drives their listening. People are listening for whatever their ears are hungry for, whatever their ears are inclined to. Revelation 2, verse 29 says, whoever has ears, how many all in the room have ears this morning? Whoever has ears, just hold your ears for a second. Yeah, some of you need to get some wax out of your ears. Just don't flick it in the church. That's nasty. I used to do that as a kid. I pick my boogers. I pick the wax out of my ear. I was a nasty kid. And I just put it in, underneath the church chair, you know, leave it for somebody. Surprise. Uh, <laughs> not in this room, in the maybe center back when I was a kid. You don't have to worry. There's no, no boogers underneath your chair, at least none of mine. But 
Some of us, our ears are clogged up. Revelation says, whoever has ears, let them hear what the spirit says to the church. The spirit is speaking in the midst of all the news, in the midst of all the politicians, in the midst of all the conspiracy theories, right? There's so much vying for our attention, trying to get, trying to pique our curiosity, trying to get us to listen, follow this, think like this, believe like this, dress like this, act like this, want these things because whoever has our ears also has our hearts. Whoever has your ear, whoever you're inclined to listen to is going to determine the directions you take. Whoever I'm listening to and, and the voices that I'm listening to will determine the perspective I have on things. It will determine the attitude I have on things. This is why every news station wants you to stay on their news channel because they want to form a belief system. They want to form a perspective about how you see the United States. They want to form a perspective about how you see this, how you see that. Every, every, uh, uh, political person out there who's on social media. They want you to stay connected to them. Click subscribe, click subscribe, stay here for updates. Listen, watch, watch, wait for another update. Watch my next story. Watch my next feed. Watch my next post. Read my caption. You know, all of these voices, they're all trying to get you to listen. Why? Because they know if they have your ear, they have your heart. They can direct your steps. Romans 10 verse 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith doesn't come by speaking. Faith doesn't come by walking. Faith comes by hearing. That's why it's so important for our ears to be in tune with the whisper in these wild times. This summer, I went to Montana to go hiking with my friend Ryan, and we were out in the middle of the forest, and we were, I was hoping to see a bear. I had my phone out, you know, I was going to take a picture of the bear, me and the bear, take a video. Ryan was like, you need to stop this energy. You are attracting bears to us. I need you to calm your bear energy down. I was praying for bears. I wanted to see a bear and there were signs out there saying, you know, be aware there's bears everywhere. There's so many rhymes with bears and, uh, you know, be attentive. There's so many bears. And, and so Ryan was like, please stop it. And I was thinking in my mind, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun Ryan. And you know, <laughs> so I'll be all right. Cause I'm more athletic than Ryan, you know, no, I'm just kidding. I love you, Ryan. If you're watching. But out in the wild, I started hearing things. As I was listening for bears, I started hearing everywhere around me. There was, I said, did you hear that? Ryan would get scared. He said, no, I didn't hear that. I just heard something. I just heard something. When you're living in wild times and uncharted territory, you start hearing things. You start hearing things that aren't even true. You start following rabbit trails that aren't even real. You're wondering what's real and what's a rumor, what's real news, what's fake news. What am I supposed to be listening to here? And it's so important. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep know my voice. They hear my voice and they do not follow the voice of the stranger. They might hear other voices. They might hear other noises, but they follow my voice. Jesus didn't say they won't hear the other sounds. He said they won't follow them. I just need some help for a second. Uh, AJ, will you step up here? And I want you to stand behind me. You're going to represent the voice of God, just like a James Earl Jones voice. <laughs> and or Morgan Freeman. That's like our, that's our guy right there. And so, uh, Isaiah says, when you don't know where to go, Isaiah 30 verse 21 says, your ears will hear the voice of God. It'll be right behind you. And he'll say, this is the way you're supposed to go. 
And as long as that voice is right behind you, you'll know where to go. But if you get ahead of the voice, you won't be able to listen to it. God didn't say to run. He said, walk. So many of us are in a rush to enter into a relationship, in a rush to make a life-altering decision, in a rush. But if we'll stay close to the voice, you don't hear the whispers in the wild when you're running ahead of the whisper. And it may not make sense to everyone else. Why are you doing that? Why is your church open and all the other churches are closed? Because I'm listening to a whisper. I'm not listening to another pastor. I'm listening to a whisper. Why are you guys feeding the hungry right now when everyone else is shutting down their nonprofits and their charities? Because I'm listening to a whisper. How did you guys lead 34,000 people to Christ in the middle of a pandemic? Because I'm listening to a whisper. Why did you guys do a revival on the rooftop when everyone else was shut down in the months of March and April and May? How come you guys opened up your parking lot? Because I'm listening to a whisper. I'm listening to a whisper. Paul, you should be listening to Dr. Fauci. He's the one who controls things. You should listen to president, vice president, president-elect. You should listen to CNN, Fox News, MSNBC. No, I'm listening to a to a whisper. Thank you, Pastor AJ. God's always speaking. The question is, are you listening? It could mean life or death. It could mean the right marriage or the wrong. It could mean the right school or the wrong school. It could mean an opportunity to be a witness or miss a window of opportunity in the middle of a pandemic. So many people are listening to so many voices, even Christians. Christians have memorized everyone else's voice except for God's. I meet Christians who are like, hey, did you hear the latest Ben Shapiro podcast? Oh, I never miss a Joe Rogan podcast. I got CNN on, on repeat all the time. Fox News, you watch Hannity? Oh, I'm all about Hannity. I know Hannity's voice better than God's. Yeah, you sure do. It's time you start getting God's voice memorized and stop memorizing Sean Hannity's voice and Tucker Carlson's voice and everybody else's voice. I came to step on some toes today. We're living in a time where people are obsessed with information. Christianity is an information. Christianity is intimacy. It's not a religion. It's not an institution. It's not a building. It's not a business. It's a relationship. And relationships thrive with communication. The currency of relationships is not information. It's communication. The more that I talk with my wife and the more she talks with me and the more I listen to her and the more she listens to me, our relationship gets better. But once she starts distancing herself and she starts listening to everybody else except for me, or I start listening to everyone else except for her, the relationship starts to fade. God's looking for a church who will lean into a real relationship and listen to his heart. He's still speaking. The question is, are you listening? He said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, they know me, and they follow me. In fact, John chapter 10, he says, I go in front of them and I lead them and they walk where I lead them. They heed my voice. The more we heed his voice, the more he will speak to the decisions we're making. The less we heed his voice, well, the less we're going to hear his voice. The less you obey it, the more you become stubborn. 
You know, just in the last service, I had Pastor Wendell Hope, who's uh, my dad's age. And he was, he was the one who was speaking into my ear. And I told him when I was younger, I used to get stubborn with my dad. My dad would tell me what to do. He would tell me, you know, how to play basketball. He'd try to coach me with football. And I'd be like, you don't know, dad. You don't know. I know everything. I'm 17 years old. I'm the smartest man in the world, you know, because when you're 17, you just know it all and you're stubborn. And my dad would be like, all right, you're out of the house. Figure that out. You know, (laughs) no, I need to get back in the house. All right, then listen to your dad. Yes, sir. You know, he was trying to tell me, I know things you don't know. I've been places you've never been. I know how to handle uncharted territory you're walking through because I've charted that same territory. Sure, it was in a different year. It was in a different way, but I have experience that I can help you with. We have a father in heaven who understands the uncharted territory we're in. God's not surprised by 2020. Even though the church is surprised, God's not surprised. He's not surprised by what's going on in our country. He's not shaken. He's not off the throne. He's still there. And he has a whisper. He has a word for you. Whose voice are we listening to? There's even prophets prophesying things right now that aren't happening. And you go, who should I trust? Trust the word of God. Which prophet should I listen to? Because this prophet said this and it didn't happen. And this prophet said that and it didn't happen. Yeah, well, Isaiah said some things as a prophet that didn't happen for 700 years. It didn't mean he was a false prophet. It just meant there were people in his time who thought it was going to happen sooner than it would. So sometimes we get caught up in certain things and we go, well, it's not happening. Maybe God has a plan for it to happen at a a later time. But what we need to do is we need to lean into what is the word of God for me. Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Be still. You can't hear his voice when you're in a hurry. You can't hear his voice when you're so busy, when you're caught up listening to everything else. Second Timothy chapter four says in the last days, people will pull in preachers and speakers and communicators who will speak what their itching ears want to hear. Just because it affirms your feelings doesn't mean it's a whisper from God. Just because it makes you feel good doesn't mean it is good. There's a lot of people who will speak things on behalf of God and you go, Ooh, that feels good. Yeah, but you need to test it. You need to develop a discernment. I have to do the same thing. There's people who said things to me when I was younger and they were people of God, but those things weren't from God. And I had to understand what is the whisper from God and what is the whisper from man and what is the whisper from the enemy and what is the whisper from the inner me? Because I got a lot of whispers. Even as I'm preaching this sermon, I hear whispers in my head. I hear whispers going, they don't like this sermon. They're ready for you to finish this so they can go to lunch at KFC, you know, <laughs> wherever you go. I hear, I always hear these whispers and I got to, sh- and then I start drawing like assumptions over all your heads. I'm like, I know what they're thinking. The enemy always stirs up this inner stuff. I got to fight against it. I got to lean into God saying, no, no, they're here for the word of God. They're leaning in for the word of God. They love you, Paul. They want to hear the message that I've given you to speak to them. But so often we're listening to the wrong whisper. Some of us in this room, we struggle with insecurity. I know how you feel. I've struggled with it too. And that insecurity is a whisper in your mind saying people are talking about you. People are mad at you. They don't like you. You're inadequate. You don't have what it takes. That's not a whisper from God. That's a whisper from the accuser of the brethren. 
He'll come in your ear. He'll try to make you think, you know, he'll create fear. He'll create insecurity. He'll create inadequacy. He'll create all kinds of assumptions, suspicions. You can't trust him. You can't trust her. No wonder there's so much turmoil and people are so uh, in outrage and anxiety and on so much pills and medicine. It's because we're listening to all the wrong voices. And our head is filled with so much noise. But the voice of God is the clearest, most non-condemning, powerful voice we can tune into. And it's not loud and it's not harsh. It's a whisper. In 1 Samuel chapter 3, the nation was about to shift. Things were about to change. The church had become comfortable and God was about to change things. Anytime the church gets comfortable, God starts to rock things. He starts to shake things. He starts to expose things. He starts to show what's real ministry and what's fake ministry. He starts to, and let me tell you, this church has been doing some real ministry for a long time, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, serving people on the streets, being a physical force to change a community and nations. But in 1 Samuel 3, there was false ministry happening. There was all kinds of stuff going on that was displeasing to God's heart. The priest, Eli, he was in his old age and God had asked him to do some things and he became stubborn and afraid and he put family in front of God. God told him, you need to correct your sons. They're sleeping with all these people. They're doing all kinds of stuff. They're defiling the, the word of God, the temple of God. And Eli didn't want to do anything about it. He was afraid and he lost his authority. He lost his confidence and he lost his sensitivity to hear the voice of God. It says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, there was a little boy named Samuel who was ministering before the Lord. By the way, God does not despise any ages. There is no junior varsity Holy Spirit. There is no junior varsity God. He speaks to kids just like he speaks to parents and grandparents. The same God that speaks to 90-year-olds speaks to 9-year-olds. In fact, our son Liam, when he was just, just a couple months ago, he's six years old, he, he came to us, he said, Daddy, Mommy, God spoke to me. And we said, what did God say? He said, God told me I'm going to preach in Israel. We said, wow, that must be God because we haven't been talking about Israel in our house. I said, when did he speak to you? And he goes, well, I was in worship and then it happened in my heart. It wasn't loud. It was just right here. And he said, and then I was in my bedroom and I felt it again. God speaks. The question is, are you listening? God speaks to anyone, not just pastors. He speaks to anyone who's listening. And Liam said, now he didn't say for me to go and just tour Israel. He told me to go and preach in Israel. I said, okay, all right, we won't go look at Israel. We'll take you there to preach. He said, okay, we got to obey the voice of God. I'm so thankful that we have a children's church that doesn't babysit our kids, but teaches the children of victory how to hear God's voice and follow God's voice. If you're a parent, you should be so thankful that you got your kid in this place and our youth group teaching teenagers how to hear God's voice. Why? Because God speaks to any age group that's listening. So watch this in first Samuel three, this little boy's ministering and the word of God was rare in the old Testament. There were not many visions. Why? Because people weren't heeding God's voice. And when they weren't heeding it, God stopped speaking it. So God was looking for someone pure in heart that he could speak to one night, Eli, the priest whose eyes were becoming so weak. That's a prophetic word right there. He was losing his vision naturally and spiritually. He was losing his ability to see for the nation. 
but he was also losing his ability to see in his own house. He couldn't see what was to come. And he was lying down in his usual place. He had become comfortable. When God speaks, he draws us and pulls us out of our comfort zone. He pulls us into obscurity. Even having an in-person church service right now is an obscure thing for a lot of people coming together. The things that God has spoken in the wild, in this pandemic, and I call this pandemic the wild because it is the wild, wild west out here. We're in the wild times. But I have felt God speaking things that contradict what everyone else is saying. People saying, now, now, how come you guys are doing this? Why are you guys doing this? What's going on? And I, I just have to say, at the end of my life, I answer to the voice of God. No one else. And that's what I'm following right now is the voice of God. And so do you. The question is, has God spoken to you what you're supposed to do? And if he has, rest in that confidence. If he hasn't and you're living in the fear of man, it's time to wake up and tune in to the voice of God. All right. So it says in verse three, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. No matter what's going on in our world around us, the lamp of God has not gone out. Paul, did you hear about the pastor that fell? The lamp of God has not gone out. Paul, did you hear what's going on in the news? You hear what's going on with this person and that person and this church, that, that stuff. The lamp of God will not be snuffed out by man's mistakes, by whatever the news is saying, by whatever changes are happening in government. The lamp of God is still lit. Now it says Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. So here's Samuel. Eli is laying down in his normal, comfortable place, but Samuel's close to the ark. Let's pretend this corner of the stage is the ark. Samuel was lying right beside it. The ark represented the presence of God. To hear the whispers of God, you have to be close to the presence of God. You can't hear a whisper when you're 20 feet away from someone. If AJ's whispering right now, I can't hear it. I'm too far away from him. You got to be close to someone to hear the whisper. Samuel was close to the ark. He was close to the presence of God. How important is it for us to be in God's presence? This is an ark every Sunday. Don't miss the ark every Sunday. Get in the ark, get in the presence of God. In fact, not just on Sundays, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, get the presence of God lit in your house. Make sure that lamp stays lit throughout the week. Get worship going, get prayer going, get in your Bible, get, get, get in a place where you can be still and hear his voice. So as he's sleeping next to the ark, by the way, the same way that ark is spelled in the Hebrew in this verse is the same way it was spelled when Noah took his family into the ark in Genesis chapter six. The ark that Noah's family went into is the same way God communicates what the ark of the covenant was when Samuel was sleeping next to the ark. Why? Because the ark represented the covering of God through the storms of life, through the rain that was going. As long as Noah's family was in the ark, they were protected from the pandemic. But once they got out of the ark, they were in a place of not safety. The safest place, we've been talking about find a safe place, shelter in place. The best place to shelter in place is in the presence of God. It's in the ark. It's next to his voice. It's close to his whisper. So here Samuel is, he's sheltering in place right next to the ark. And then a voice, Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And he wakes up and he goes to Eli, the old guard, the pastor, the priest, 
Here I am. You called me. He said, no, I didn't call you. Go back to sleep. This happens three times. Here I am. You called me. After the third time, Eli, he realizes, ah, I know what this is. It's been a long time. I used to hear this. I used to hear this. I used to obey this. But I lost my sensitivity. Now I know whose voice is speaking. It's not me, Samuel. It's God. God's speaking to you. He's speaking once again to the next generation. And I either need to follow or get out of the way because what God's about to do in this nation is going to shake everybody to the core. He's about to flip the whole temple upside down. He's about to turn upside down the way ministry's done, the way the church is done. The days of celebrity preachers are over. The days of how church has been done is over. God's about to shift the whole model. He's about to change the whole thing. It's no longer about a personality. It's about people on the streets carrying the gospel. It's about people feeding the hungry. He's about to change the whole thing. Revival's coming. Renewal's coming. Lean in, Samuel. Lean in, next generation. Lean in, new church. Lean in, new breed. Lean in. He's changing the guard. He's changing the guard. So Samuel hears it again. Samuel. Samuel. And this time he says, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And God begins to download into Samuel a vision, a prophetic word. He says, Samuel, it's time to tear down the strongholds. It's time to tear down the strongholds. I'm about to do something. Watch what he says in verse 11. I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. God's about to do something in this nation. God's about to do something in his church that will make the ears of everyone tingle. He's whispering. He's looking for men and women who are leaning in to listen. Jeremiah 7 verse 24 says they did not incline their ear. They did not pay attention to God. What happens when you don't listen to the whisper? How important is it? Because they did not listen, because they did not pay attention to God's whisper, they followed their stubborn inclinations of their evil hearts and they went backwards instead of forwards. Your marriage will go backwards if you don't listen to the whisper of God. Your family, your business, your finances will go backwards. Paul, I got to follow the stock market. I got to lean into the whispers of what these people are saying. I got to lean into the whispers of what my boss is saying. You will never go wrong when you lean into the whispers of God. His voice will never lead you down a path that takes you backwards. He might have you take a step this way, a step that way, but it's to propel you into a greater step in the right direction. He might redirect your paths because you're on the wrong path, but he'll never lead you down a bad path. Zechariah 7:11 says they refused to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and they covered their ears. Some of us are covering our ears because it offends our feelings. When God speaks, it may not line up with how you feel, but it will line up with what he said in his word. You know, right when the pandemic hit, I felt this whisper in the middle of the night. I woke up and I told Ashley, I just felt this whisper. It wasn't loud. It wasn't audible. It was in my heart. And I felt these words, God favors the bold. God favors the bold. God favors the bold. March 18th, 
The mayor had just announced a lockdown, a shutdown, six weeks to flatten the curve, six weeks to stop the virus. We're going to do it in six weeks. Six weeks turned into 12 weeks, turned into 18 weeks, turned into 36 weeks. And what I sensed in my spirit in that first week was God is going to use this hour. In the midst of crisis lies great opportunity for those who are willing to follow the whispers of God. And so I said, God, what do I do? I want to follow authority. I want to respect authority. I want to do what people are asking. But I also, more importantly, want to follow the voice of God. Okay? So there was times in the Old Testament and in the New Testament where God actually asked his people to disobey authority. <laughs> when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar told Daniel, do not pray in public. You can have a private relationship, but you only pray to the king in public. What did Daniel do? He opened his windows wide and he prayed in public. He had a church service. You know what? When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were told, you cannot, uh, uh, you must bow to the idol that's set in front of you, they did not bow. When Esther was told she has to follow protocol, she rejected protocol, went straight to the king. When Mordecai was told to keep his mouth shut, put a mask over your mouth, don't you say a word, Mordecai opened his mouth loud and said, if you don't do it, someone else will. God will find a deliverer in Israel. There are so many stories. Peter didn't shut his mouth. Paul didn't shut his mouth. They preached when the authorities told him to stop. So there's times when Dietrich Bonhoeffer was told to do something that authority said don't do. There's times where God calls you to rise up at the end of your life. You don't answer to CNN. You don't answer to Fox News. You don't answer to Dr. Fauci. You answer to God. You may not like it, but you can email the Bible at the end of the sermon. I'm going to keep saying it. Don't you, don't you send me in your hate mail. I'm just preaching the word of God. Don't shoot the messenger. The only way that you're going to make it through this wild season is when you follow the whisper of God. And when I say make it, I think God wants you to thrive, not just survive. The only way to thrive in the wild is to follow the whispers in the wild. God wants you to thrive in the wild. He wants you to flourish even in the middle of a storm. But we've got to be in tune with God's voice. When I was 10 years old, our family went to Grand Lake here in Oklahoma, and we went to go stay at a friend's house over there about an hour from Tulsa here. And later that day, um, I couldn't hear anything. Everybody who was talking sounded like this. And I was thinking, what's going on with my ears? Some of y'all, that's, that's how you feel right now in church. Just check your hearing aid right now. And I said, I can't hear. What, 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 what did you say? What, what? And my mom was like, you sound like my dad. You need to get your ears checked. And uh, so I said, yeah, what's going on? So she gave me swimmer's ear, put it in there, put it on this side. My ears started feeling better, but they still weren't fully there. I still couldn't hear everything clear. So she said, I'm taking you to the doctor. Went to the doctor's office. He put a little scope in there. He said, oh, Paul's ears are really clogged up. There's a lot of wax in there. So he said, I've got a tool. We're going to go down in there. I'm going to blow some hot water in there, and then we're going to pull it all out. Sure enough, he put this tube in there, put some hot water, blew it down. Man, the wax just started coming out, big chunks of it just coming out on both sides. It was like an explosion. I felt like I could hear for the first time again. I got my hearing back. I was able to hear clearly. That's what God wants to do for some of you in this room. 
You got so much buildup of so many other voices and noises and distractions and, and fake news, so much stuff in there, so much stuff that's not even of God. You got lyrics memorized to songs that you shouldn't be listening to anymore. When the beat comes on, you're like, oh, yeah, blankety blank, 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 beep you, blank you, blank you. I'm a Christian. Blank you, blank you, blank you. Going to church. What a beautiful name it is. Blank you, beepity beep, beep, blank you, blank you. And then you go listen to all these blank you movies and so many beeps and blanks and you got so much crud in your ears, you need to get the Holy Spirit to come in there and pull that crap out of your ears so you can start hearing the voice of God. Because I'm telling you, the voice of God is the most important voice you hear. It's the most important voice you hear. That voice is what's going to lead you down the right path. My heart as, as your pastor is that you wouldn't hear my voice, you would hear his voice. I don't want you falling in love with my voice or any preacher's voice out there. Let's stop idolizing preachers' voices and start idolizing the voice of God. Let's start lifting up the voice of God. How do I know if it's the voice of God? Number one, I'm giving you seven ways to understand if this whisper is from God. Number one, does it agree with the Bible? God's whispers will never contradict his word. The whispers in the wild will never contradict what the word of God has already said. So if you go, man, I think I just heard a whisper in my heart to punch my wife in the face to punch my husband. Uh, no, I don't see that scripture in the Bible. <laughs> I just got a word from God that I'm supposed to scream at my boss and I'm supposed to F off everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just being way too unfiltered right now in church. I'm sorry. Ah, some of us, we, we think God's speaking. It's not God. That's your emotions. That's your anger. Stop. So number one, God's whispers will line up with his word. Number two, does this idea make me more like Christ? Is what I'm thinking about doing going to lead me into the nature of Christ? No. It's, if it's not like his nature, then it's not his whisper. Whatever he asks us to do will line up with the nature of God, the nature of God. If God asks you to give generously and you go, ah, I just don't know if that's God. No, no, no. The whisper of God will line up with the nature of Christ. Number three, will it hurt anybody else? God will never ask you to do something that's going to hurt somebody. It's going to hurt somebody. Now, it might confront somebody. It might make somebody uncomfortable. They may not agree with it. God, God asked people in the Bible to do things that were, you know, obviously confronting the darkness and confronting the enemies. But again, it's going to line up with the nature of Christ. Number four, is it consistent with how God shaped me? Someone asked me, how did you know when you were called to be the pastor of victory? I said, I just can't, kept saying yes to the things that came natural. I enjoyed music. I enjoyed preaching. I enjoyed ministry. I enjoyed serving and, and ministering to people and sitting with people and talk, talking to people and hearing people's hearts and praying with people. And the more that I did that, the more those shaping God will shape you with gifts and skills and a personality for what he's called you to do. And he'll lead you down that path. Someone asked me, they said, you know, I'm a pastor's kid. My parents really want me to go into ministry, but I just don't feel shaped to do that. I feel very shaped to do business. So maybe I'm supposed to do business. Don't listen to the pressure of people. Listen to the voice of God, because what good is it to please everybody, but not please God at the end of your life? You need to make sure did I do what God created me to do? Number five, does it concern my responsibility? God's whisper is for you. So many of us are trying to get a whisper from God for everybody else. Thus saith the Lord. Paul, you're supposed to do this. Ty Barker, you're supposed to do this. 
President, you're supposed to do that. President-elect, you're supposed to do this. The church is supposed to do that. Ashley Darty, this is what you're supposed to do. I've been listening to the whisper of God, and he's been telling me what everyone else needs to do. I want to take the hand of that person, point it back at them, and I want to say, what about you? What's your responsibility? What is thus saith the Lord saying to you right now? Let's stop being so focused on getting a word for everybody else that we're missing the word God has for us. God has a personal responsibility for you in this hour to be an encourager, to be a voice of hope, to be a giver, to be someone who carries the nature of Christ, who loves the people around you. Number six, is it convicting or condemning? The whisper of God does not bring condemnation. It brings conviction. The whisper of God will not sound like a voice that says you failed. You're a failure of a pastor. You missed it. You're worthless. See, condemnation attacks the value of a person. Conviction exposes what's wrong and gives an opportunity to change. Conviction says, you missed it, Paul, but God's not mad at you. He will forgive you. All you got to do is repent and we'll forgive you too. And let's move forward. That's conviction. That's healthy. When the, when the whisper comes, it comes to correct. It comes to encourage. It comes to warn. Condemnation attacks your value. It says you're worthless. You're never going to get through this. You're a failure. You messed up. You're a mistake. You'll never bounce back. That's condemnation. God never brings that. So if you're hearing that whisper in the wild, that's not from God. That's the devil. And if the devil whispered to Jesus when he was in the wild, y'all remember the temptations that Jesus had to face in the wild? The devil whispered, if you are the son of God, throw yourself off the cliff. The angels will save you. Turn this stone into bread. I'll give you the kingdoms of the world if you bow down to me, right? If the devil whispered to Jesus, he'll whisper to Christians too. Some of us think once I'm saved, I never hear the voice of the devil. No, no. He still shows up every day, but you don't have to listen to him. You can say, not today, devil, not today. I'm not following that whisper of condemnation. I'm not following that temptation. I was in the wild uh, a couple months ago out in, out in the middle of the forest, and I just heard the voice of God say, my grace is sufficient for you. And my mind was thinking about all four of our kids. I was thinking about how we're going to provide and, and what we're going to do and what's, what's going to happen for our family. I just heard the Lord whisper it over and over in my heart. It wasn't a new thing. It was just a reminder. See, sometimes the whisper is just a reminder. I'm with you. I'm for you. My grace is sufficient for you as a parent, for you in this time. Number seven, do I sense God's peace about it? The whisper of God does not lead you into a frenzy, into panic, into paranoia. It, it stirs you with peace. I want us to stand to our feet this morning. The whisper of God will not bring confusion. It will bring clarity. If it's confusing, it's not from God. If it's clear and if there's peace, it is from God. It may not be 100% peace, but it's way more than 50%. Someone asked me the other day, uh, a while ago, they said, um, do you think I should marry this person? I said, well, what do you think? They said, well, I think I should. I said, okay. What's your family think? Oh, half of them think I should and half of them think I shouldn't. What about her family? Half of them think we should, half of them think we shouldn't. What about her? Well, she wants to. And what about you? I, I want to. Okay, we need to pray. <laughs> Don't make a life-altering decision when you don't have the peace yet. Don't rush into something until you get the peace from God. Get peace, get peace, get peace. And the peace comes when we're in his presence. Just close your eyes right now. I want to pray for you. If you're here right now and you just need to hear the voice of God in this hour, you need to hear, you need to be inclined to his voice.
You need to be sensitive to his voice. The Lord is calling you. He's saying, draw near. Draw near. Come close. Repent. Renew. Turn this way. God loves you. He's not mad at you. You're not a failure. You're not worthless. You're not a mistake. This season is not a mistake. God wants to give you wisdom and direction. He wants to give you love and affirmation. He wants to give you what no one else can give you. When everyone else runs, he's there. When everything else shakes and crumbles and falls, he's there. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here right now and you just need to hear the voice of God clear, you need a greater sensitivity to his voice, just raise your hand all over this room. Yeah, from the front to the back. You're saying, I just need to get my ears in tune with what God's speaking. I need to follow the spirit of God. I need help on some decisions I'm making. If that's you, just raise your hand. If you're here today and you've never heard God's voice and you want to hear it, raise your hand. I want to pray for people to get a revelation that God's speaking to them. Yeah. If you raised your hand or you needed to raise your hand or you're in the middle of making a big decision and you just need prayer, I want you to leave your seat. Come and join me at this altar today. Take a bold step. Be like Samuel. Draw close to the ark. Get close to the presence. As you come down to the stage, I just hear God saying, draw near draw near as deep calls unto deep come to the lord come to the lord come with a come with a humble heart come to hear his voice he's whispering when elijah had just gotten done preaching and fire came down from heaven and rain started to fall revival hit the country there was a woman who didn't like what he did and she was so mad at him, she sent a message to him and said, by this time tomorrow, I'm going to cut off your head. And it so scared Elijah, Jezebel so scared Elijah that he went running into the wild for 40 days, 40 nights. He lived in the wild. He was in the wilderness and he cried out to God. He said, God, I don't even want to live anymore. I want to die. I don't even want to keep doing ministry. I'm so tired. I'm so burned out. I do good things. And then people hate me and I try my best and it's not enough. And now this woman wants to kill me. See, Jezebel represented a spirit of intimidation, a spirit of manipulation. And, and she was controlling Elijah's action. She was shutting down his confidence. She was shutting down his power just with words. I think this virus is real, but I think behind the, the coronavirus, there's been a spirit of intimidation, shutting down churches, shutting down dreams, shutting down hope. There's been a spirit of manipulation, political manipulation, and creating such a fear and such a just a sense of control and uncertainty. And what do I do? And when God spoke to Elijah, he didn't scream. He didn't shout. He didn't condemn. He just said, Elijah, a whisper, Elijah, why are you here? Get your hope back. Get your brain back. Get your heart back. Get your marriage back. Get your mind back. 
get your life back. Why are you running? Why are you hiding? Get your peace back. Lord, I just pray right now for every person in this room to hear your voice. Lord, I pray, God, that we would know your voice, that we would follow your voice and not the voice of the stranger. God, I pray, Lord, for sensitivity. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, God, for hope. Lord, I pray for peace. God, I bind the spirit of fear. Lord, every distraction that's been hindering us from hearing your voice. God, give us an appetite to lean into your voice. Give us an appetite. God, just as much as we're hungry to go to lunch, just as much as we're hungry to listen to a podcast or turn on a, a show or get into some movie, whatever it is that, that stirs our appetite, Lord, give us an appetite to lean into your voice, to spend time in your presence. God, to wait on your whisper, to not be in a rush into big decisions. Lord, give us peace on what we need to do. Show us which direction to go. Help us, God, to heed your voice. Lord, have your way right now, God. Change what you want to change in us. He's speaking. Yeah, just hold your hands out at this altar. Close your eyes. Just say, speak to me, Lord. Last night, we did this. We just sat for a moment. Just we were still. I know we're past the hour, and I know if you got to leave, you got to leave. But I asked in the room, how many of you just heard the voice of God? Half the room raised their hands. I had people come up to me after church and said, I've never felt like I could hear the voice of God. But tonight, for the first time, I felt like I heard his voice. I want to ask you right now, how many of you feel like, even in this service, you feel like God's voice is speaking to your heart? Not audibly, but you're just... You're sensing something in your heart. That's the voice of God. It's not loud. It doesn't sound like a microphone. It's just in your heart. Just now, as we were still, I said, God, speak to me. I heard God say, Paul, don't apologize for being politically incorrect. I heard God say, be confident. You're breaking down religiosity off of Tulsa, Oklahoma. I got embarrassed. I got embarrassed just 10 minutes ago in my sermon because I felt like I went overboard when I was talking about us saying lyrics, you know? I got embarrassed. I shrunk back in my mind and I just heard God say at the stage, don't be embarrassed. You're breaking religious spirits off the church. Don't shrink back. So I'm not going to apologize for for breaking the religious spirits. I love you too. And I love this church. And I want this, I want us all to be so in tune with God's voice. 
that every other voice loses its grip on our heart. I used to care so much about certain voices in this church. I would wait for their voice after the service to see if they affirmed or didn't affirm. And the more that I'm in tune with God's voice, the less I care about the affirmation of everyone else's voice. I'm thankful for it, but I don't need it. When we get in tune with God's voice, God begins to give us the clarity, the wisdom, the confidence, the peace, the direction. Jeremiah said, I can't shake it. It's like a fire inside my bones. Isaiah said, woe is me. When God speaks, he said, I saw the Lord and he was seated on the throne. And I'm a man of unclean lips. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Speak. Your servant is listening. God's positioning you. He's aligning things in your life. I feel like as we go into the holidays and in January 2021, God is renewing his church for revival like never before. And I just want to be a part of it. I don't know what part I'm going to play, but I'm going to get in line. I don't care where I'm at in the line. If I'm like the last one in line, I'm in line. I want to be in line. How many want to be in line with what God's about to do? Every time I walk into our school, I see the teachers lining the kids up in the hallway and I'll walk past them and Liam will hear my voice down the hallway. Daddy, I heard you. But I'll see these kids in line and I'll see my son. You know, he's somewhere in line. He's maybe in the middle or sometimes he's at the end. And I just think what an honor to be in line. What an honor to be in line with what God's about to do. doesn't matter where you are in the line. Just get in line. Get in line. God's about to bring his class. He's about to bring his church into its finest hours that we've ever seen. So Lord, just say this with me. Lord, I'm all yours. I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness. I confess you as Lord and Savior. Speak to me. I'm listening. Give me sensitivity to hear your voice above all the noise, and I will obey. My ears are open. I'm listening, Lord. Lead me. Guide me into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I love you. God bless you.